The exit interviews get a little bit spicy this year as several New York Rangers face uncertain futures with the team. We're going to break down some eye-opening comments from Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, and several other players on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 821 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, and we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So some general thoughts here as far as, you know, the player exit interviews were concerned. I I think this year there was a little bit of a different feel in that locker room. You know, given the way that this season ended, given how lackluster the Game 7 showing was, and you can even throw Games 4 and 5 in there as well. Uh, The Rangers basically just had the devil's skate circle around them in Game 7, so a really, really brutal way to go out uh, for the Rangers, and I think the mood in the locker room among the players kind of reflected that. You know, last year, look, they got close to winning a Stanley Cup. All of us obviously wanted them to complete the journey. We're Ranger fans. We don't get to see a lot of championships. I know I'm stating the obvious there with, you know, the one cup in the past what is it now, 83 years? Man, it's just crazy saying that out loud. But, you know, last year, I think there was a sense that all the guys in the room, despite not making it all the way and not winning the Stanley Cup, a lot of guys were still uh, holding their heads very high. And, um, you know, though there was some pain there, still very proud of what the team accomplished. And this year, you, you just didn't sense that. And again, it's pretty obvious to see why. They were eliminated in the first round instead of the Eastern Conference Final. Um, and they let a series get away from them. They were up two games to none against the Devils and uh, just, you know, had them down and had them on the ropes and just were never able uh, to deliver that knockout punch. And I, again, I, I think a lot of the player moods in that room, in that locker room, when they were meeting with the media, uh, certainly reflected that. I, I should also mention... Uh, we covered Gerard Galan and the basically shouting match that was reported that he had with Chris Drury following the Game 4 loss to the Devils, and uh, I have a lot of thoughts on that, and if you want to check that out, go to yesterday's episode, the most recent one, uh, on the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel or wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast if you're listening to it in audio form. But for today, we're shifting our focus away from Gerard Gallant for at least one day here. I know he's facing an uncertain future with the team, but we're going to shift our focus away uh, from the coach, from the GM, and we're going to look right at the players. And I want to go ahead and start with uh, some comments from Patrick Kane. Obviously, Kane comes over in the trade, and, you know, we've talked before on this show about polarizing New York Rangers. You know, ever since this show came into existence, there's some guys that uh, really seem to split the fan base. Jacob Truba comes to mind. Uh, I think this year, maybe Trocheck a little bit. Uh, Ryan Strom in years past. Guys that, you know, fans really different ends of the spectrum. Some fans are huge fans of them. Other fans have no time for them, and he's overpaid, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but Patrick Kane, in a very short amount of time, became a very polarizing player on this New York Ranger team uh, among the fan base. And I want to read a couple of quotes that, uh, you know, he said during these exit interviews. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Patrick Kane in this offseason, whether he's back with the Rangers next season or whether he goes somewhere else. I'm not sure there's a player in the NHL, a free agent in the NHL in this upcoming uh, free agency class that will have a more interesting market than Patrick Kane. We all know the credentials, the three cups, you know, obviously slam dunk Hall of Famer. That's not even a debate. Um, but obviously, you know, did not look as good the last couple of years. It's, it's fallen off a little bit. And the hip 
remains an, an issue for him. Um, but as far as you know, what he had to say during the exit interviews here, this is what he had to say about you know his time with the Rangers. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. I had a blast. It's a special group in here. I think they'll find a way to win. I think they'll get there. They have great leadership. It's a great organization. Obviously, the fans are very passionate too. It's a fun place to play. And I can't be the only person that when I read these quotes and then later, you know, found the video of him being interviewed because I wanted to see all the videos. You know, it's one thing to read the quotes, but, you know, players are obviously emotional and feeling a wave of different emotions when the season comes to an end. So I wanted to, you know, see the videos, look at, you know, the look in their faces, the voice inflections, the whole nine yards to try to get as much of a feel uh, for what these players are thinking as I possibly can. And obviously I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but uh, I do think you gain something from actually watching uh, these video interviews. And with Kane here, you know, again, the, the thing that really stands out, and I'm sure I was not the only one that noticed this, is that he was referring to the Rangers as they. They'll find a way to win. They have a great leadership group in here. Now it's possible that I'm reading too much into that. It's also possible that, hey, I mean, Patrick Kane knows he's about to be a free agent and maybe he's kind of... Uh, you know, acting like he thinks he's going to leave. And then maybe if the Rangers want to make him stick around, maybe they come with a little bit better of an offer. But uh, gut feeling is that he probably walks in free agency. Uh, he just, to me, he didn't play that well for the Rangers pretty much ever since he got here. I know that, you know, in the playoffs, he ended up with six points in the seven games, played better than a lot of his Ranger teammates. And since I will defend Artemi Panarin's uh, playoff run last year by mentioning that he has 16 points in 20 games last year. I guess it's only fair for me to mention the fact that Kane, despite not being at his best and despite having a couple of miscues here and there, did have six points in seven games. But to me, and I talked about this uh, in the last couple of episodes, really, something just really didn't feel like it clicked uh, with Patrick Kane and the Rangers. We've seen other guys come in here as rentals. They fit right in uh, from a playing style perspective to, you know, just watching them interact with their teammates. It looks like they're, you know, reuniting with their old friends. I just never really got that sense with Patrick Kane. And, and maybe, again, it's possible I'm overanalyzing it, but I have to be honest on here, watching him interact with his teammates, there just wasn't much of it. You know, he, he would sit on the bench and not really talk to anybody. So something just felt like it was a little bit off, didn't really click. But he was pressed a little bit more by some of the reporters on, you know, if he might come back to the Rangers, would he be open to it? Would he like to come back? Uh, can he see himself back? I, I believe that's the way the question was phrased. Can you see yourself back with the Rangers under any circumstances? And this is what Kane had to say about that. I would love to be back. If I can feel better with this team and this opportunity, I'd love that chance. I know they have young guys to sign and probably other priorities. But like I said, I don't have a bad word to say about the organization. I'm turning 35 next year, but it's not like I feel old. I still feel pretty pretty young. I feel like the passion is still there. I know I can be a top player if my focus is solely on hockey instead of how I feel after every game. And that last part there, I mean, I'm sure he's alluding to, you know, his hip injury. And uh, Kane was also asked about that whole situation. He said a uh, decision has not yet been made on whether he will have uh, offseason surgery to to deal with the hip. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, again, it's going to be a very interesting market for Patrick Kane. I do feel like there's probably a better chance that Patrick Kane is back than the next player that I'm going to talk about, which is Vladimir Tarasenko, simply because I think Tarasenko will end up getting a longer contract, certainly a longer contract than Patrick Kane, and unless something strange happens, but I think Patrick Kane will get a longer contract, and listening to his quotes, it sounds like that's what he's looking for. He wants a long-term deal, does, does Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, so I think he'll get a longer contract than Kane, and I would imagine probably uh, a little bit more per season as well. Uh, when you consider the fact that Tarasenko doesn't have a, a hip issue, you consider the fact that Tarasenko is three years younger than Patrick Kane, and um, I just feel like he'll be the more coveted free agent of the two. But we shall see there. Uh, Patrick Kane, again, whether the Rangers bring him back or whether he goes somewhere else, I think he's going to be 
probably the ultimate, you know, risk reward free agent in this year's class. And, and we'll talk in greater detail about free agency in general in some episodes coming up. We'll get to that next week. Talk about every single Ranger free agent from you know the top stars to guys in the minor leagues. We'll cover it all. Um, but for right now, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with one more quote here from Patrick Kane, you know, regarding what happened in the playoffs. I look at the series and I say, if I felt a little better, I can help us win that series. It's a little disappointing and depressing. And yeah, at this point, and I think we mostly all suspected this, I don't know that Patrick Kane was ever at 100%, but, uh, you know, again, something to me just fell a little bit off with him and the New York Rangers. Again, it's possible I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm seeing something that wasn't exactly there, Um, but I wasn't the only one that saw that. You know, there's a lot of other people who noticed that it, it just didn't seem like he was all that, you know, friendly with his new teammates for one reason or another. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but uh, again, that's the impression that I got. And, you know, this is Locked On New York Ranger podcast, and I'm going to share my thoughts on here uh, for sure, especially regarding something as important as, you know, Patrick Kane, you know, will he be back? Should he be back? The whole nine yards. But I want to keep everything rolling here. We just talked about Kane. We're going to talk to, or talk about rather, the other big time impending UFA for the New York Rangers. And that would, of course, be Vladimir Tarasenko, who was acquired by the Blue Shirts a little bit before uh, the trade deadline there. And we're going to get to, Vlad and a couple of other Rangers, some other comments that were made during exit interview day in just a second here. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, I want to go ahead and keep everything rolling here, but I do have to say a big thank you to everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, next week, going to be diving in to some discussions on the uh, you know the impending free agents for the Rangers, all the UFAs, all the RFAs, all the minor league free agents, everybody from top to bottom, we will cover it all and discuss you know whether they will be back, should they be back. Maybe the Rangers can do A, B, and C to help this player re-sign in free agency. Uh, we're going to cover it all. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. But for the time being here, we're going to turn our attention right back to exit interview day and more specifically Vladimir Tarasenko and uh, you know what he had to say on the way out here and just the whole situation with Tarasenko in general. There are some Ranger fans right now that are really hoping that this team can re-sign Tarasenko and I totally understand you can even count me among you. I'm just not so sure how realistic it's going to be. It's not impossible but it would take a lot of salary cap juggling and a, a lot of foresight into the future um, in terms of you know what you want this team to look like a year later, two years later, three years later. Uh, the, the salary cap is really tight right now. Per a tweet from Vince Bercogliano, uh, he was actually retweeting cap friendly. But we're looking at a situation right now, the way things stand, where the Rangers have about $11.76 million to fill eight or nine roster spots. Yeah, that is very tight. Uh, there's going to be a couple of players making the bare minimum next year for the New York Rangers. you got to believe they'll bring in some, some depth pieces, making six figures. Uh, we'll see how that whole thing 
uh, goes there. But as far as Tarasenko goes, he is wrapping up an eight-year, $60 million contract. It carried an annual cap hit of $7.5 million. Tarasenko currently 31 years old. Um, I don't think Tarasenko is going to get another eight-year deal. Um, I, I'm not sure if he'll get $7.5 million a season either, but I think he'll get pretty close to that. It's always very hard to project, you know, what players are going to get in free agency. It's tough, but, you know, I, I would say with Tarasenko, something that's realistic, maybe you're looking at like five or six years between six and a half and seven and a half million dollars. And if you think that sounds like a little bit of a high estimate on my part, you got to remember how free agency works. There's 32 teams in this league and I mean, not all of them are going to want Vladimir Tarasenko, but a good chunk of them are going to do their due diligence and talk to him. And uh, some teams are going to get really serious about it. And then there's going to be something of a bidding war with, with teams trying to lure Vladimir Tarasenko to their team. And for one team to kind of emerge from the pack, they're probably going to have to overpay a little bit. That's the name of the game in free agency. That's the name of the game when you've got you know a top-tier free agent that several teams covet. You are going to have to go probably a little bit higher than you would like to in order to beat out the other teams that are trying to acquire Tarasenko and uh, acquire his services. So, you know, as far as the Rangers, again, it, it's not completely impossible— but I think really the only way to do it is you're going to have to do, you know, some salary cap juggling here. I think Barclay Goodrow would have to be traded uh, along with his $3.64 million cap hit. Uh, Ryan Lindgren might have to be traded. And please, no, I don't want to see that happen. He's currently got a $3 million cap hit. I mean, Kako is at $2.1 million. Would you trade Capo Kako? Uh, Filipino is at $4.44 million per season. And of course, he just got that extension. So I don't think the Rangers would trade him. But the bottom line, if you're going to hang on to Tarasenko, then you're going to have to move on from some players who you probably do not want to move on from. But getting back to Tarasenko and his comments on exit interview here today, I, I do want to read a couple of those. Uh, this is what he had to say about uh, just in general, you know, the way everything wrapped up this season. It's sad that we lost fast and couldn't achieve what we were planning to do. Uh, Tarasenko then went on to say that he's never been a free agent before, but is looking forward to it. And he needs a couple of days to calm down and, um, you know, let, let the dust settle, essentially. Those weren't his exact words. I'm paraphrasing there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it's kind of just sinking in that the season's over and uh, he's got a decision in front of him uh, coming up this summer here. But then he also went on to say uh, when he was asked about possibly staying with the Rangers, yeah, like I said, I'm enjoying being here. It's one of the top organizations in the league, maybe if not the best. They do everything for players to just play and enjoy the work. And I, I think this is also a good time to point out that, you know, Kane and Tarasenko, they, they obviously both uh, express that they're open to the idea of staying with the Rangers. Pretty much everybody, RFA or UFA, did the same thing uh, in the exit interviews this season. And last year was the same deal. You know, a lot of the rentals that the Rangers picked up, they said, yeah, you know, I'd be open to, to sticking around. They're, they might be open to it. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's likely or that even they think that it's likely. Um, because why, why would they say anything bad? Like, like, can you imagine, like you ask all these impending free agents, like, would you like to stick around? They're like, hell no, I, I don't want to be here. I want out. Um, that's not going to look good on them. And it might raise some eyebrows among other teams that are looking to sign them. So naturally, I mean, unless something really bad happens or really dramatic happens, you're going to have free agents, uh, whether it's the Rangers or any other team, at least expressing the idea that, yeah, you know, I'm open to maybe sticking around. We'll see what happens kind of thing. And those are the kind of quotes that, you know, we got from pretty much every impending free agent for the Rangers. Um, but, you know, one of the things I wanted to mention here is that it's something that fans need to keep in mind because I know a lot of people really want Tarasenko back. You got to remember, when you sign a player in free agency or re-sign one of their own guys or whatever the case might be, you don't only have to fit them in under the salary cap for this upcoming season. You have to fit them in under the salary cap 
for however long their contract is. And I think people do forget that sometimes. I'll use Pavel Buchnevich as an example because he's somebody that Drury traded. The Rangers didn't feel like they could uh, you know, afford to, to sign him long-term. And there are certain Ranger fans who, as I've mentioned in the past, will never forgive Chris Drury uh, for trading Pavel Buchnevich. But Pavel Buchnevich ends up getting four years and $5.8 million. And then last year, the first year without Buchnevich, you had a lot of Ranger fans looking at it and saying like, man, like, we could have gotten rid of, like, Goodrow and Reeves and, like, this one other player, and we could have fit Pavel Buchnevich under the salary cap. That's true, and that's all well and good. But keep in mind, Pavel Buchnevich had to fit under the salary cap. If the Rangers were going to keep him and say they signed him to four years just like the Blues did, you would have to fit Pavel Buchnevich in his $5.8 million per season under the salary cap uh, last year, this year, next year— and the year after that. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, and I do miss Buchnevich like a lot of you guys do as well. The Rangers have obviously been thin at right wing ever since he left. Uh, but I can at least understand why the move was made. But you know, to use Tarasenko as an example here, say, say the Rangers come to a deal with Vladimir Tarasenko. And I'm going to go with a conservative estimate here as far as uh, you know what the dollars and what the years would be if the Rangers were to re-sign Tarasenko. Let's say the Rangers re-sign Vladimir Tarasenko Five and a half million dollars per season, four years. And again, I, I think he'll get more of that, more than that, uh, both in terms of dollars per year as well as overall years. But let's just say for the sake of argument, five and a half million dollars at four years. Okay. In the next four years, you've got Lafreniere and Miller as restricted free agents this offseason. They need a pay raise. They need new contracts. Of course, you could always end up trading one or maybe even both. I, I don't know the Rangers would trade both of them. Um, but, you know, both of them, if they're back with the Rangers next year, they're going to need raises. That eats into your cap space. Next year, Ryan Lindgren is a restricted free agent. He will be in line for a raise from his current $3 million per season. Also next year, you've got Braden Schneider. He is a restricted free agent. He will need a raise. He's still playing on his ELC. Uh, so all this is happening, you know, again, if we were to re-sign Vladimir Tarasenko for four years, uh, in the first two years of that, including this offseason, you've got Lafreniere and Miller as RFAs. Uh, the following season, Lindgren and Schneider as RFAs. The year after that, Igor Shesterkin becomes an unrestricted free agent. And if I'm not mistaken, in fact, I have cap friendly open. Let me just check it out. Igor Shesterkin is at... $5.66 million per season. You got to believe he's in line for a raise. He right now isn't even in like the top 10 highest paid goalies in the league. So he's going to be in line for a substantial raise. And if you re-sign Vladimir Tarasenko, he's going to still be on this team when Igor contracts, Igor contracts, Igor Shosturkin's contract comes due. Is anybody really in a spot right now where you would want to have 33 or 34-year-old Vladimir Tarasenko on this Ranger team instead of Igor Shosturkin? Probably not. And again, I, I like Tarasenko too. I would love to see him stick around. I just, I, I really don't see how it's possible. And all the examples that I just gave, that's not even considering the fact that, you know, we're probably going to see guys like Brian Othman and Will Cooley, uh, you know, be with the Rangers next season and uh, they'll be on their ELCs. If Vladimir Tarasenko gets a four-year contract from the Rangers, then you will have Othman and Cooley, you will have their ELCs expiring uh, before Vladimir Tarasenko becomes a free agent. And so they would get pay raises as well. How are you going to fit all this underneath the salary cap? And that's to say nothing of other free agents the Rangers might want to go out there and look for, other guys they might want to bring in at next year's trade deadline, the following deadline, whatever it might be. Uh, again, Tarasenko would love to have him back. I, I just don't think it's in the cards um, and unless he gives the Rangers a heck of a discount. But uh, the, the question... The follow-up question for that is, why would he do that? I mean, you know, it's nice to think about, and it'd be cool if he did it, but, you know, I don't think 
Vladimir Tarasenko needs to be like fiercely loyal to the New York Rangers. He only spent half a season here and they got knocked out in the first round. I know he's buddies with Panarin and everything, but this is a business. Uh, we hear that time and time again, and I would never begrudge a player for, you know, getting the, the best payday that they could. Again, it's, it's possible that Tarasenko is back next year. I don't look for it to happen. It would take some serious salary cap gymnastics and uh, a lot of foresight as far as uh, how you're going to handle the salary cap in future seasons. But I'll leave you with one quote for those of you that you know, are still optimistic about Tarasenko. This might make you feel a little bit better, might make you feel like they at least have a chance. This is what he had to say about his time with the Rangers. My family was taken care of very well, and I cannot say a single bad word about my time here. It's important to know you have a family too, so it's important to be set. Of course, I want to play on a competitive team. I've been lucky enough to win one cup, and I want to win more if possible. So it sounds like, you know, with his family, he's, again, he's looking for a long-term contract. Watching his interview, that's kind of the impression that I got. And obviously winning is important to him as well. He is uh, you know, north of 30 now. He is 31 years old. He's already got the one Stanley Cup. And the Rangers, you know, should have a good competitive team next season. Is that enough to convince Vladimir Tarasenko to stay and or give the Rangers a little bit of a break on the price? Time will tell on that. But like I said, I, I just don't think that it's really all that likely to happen. And, you know, I'll understand if the Rangers can't bring him back and I'll understand if uh, Vladimir Tarasenko wants to take an offer that, that's probably higher than what the Rangers uh, can afford to give him. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to talk about Artemi Panarin, a couple other players as well. Obviously, Panarin had a tough time in the playoffs this season. That's been well-documented and uh, very well-discussed among media members, fans, podcasts, the whole nine yards. So we will get to Artemi Panarin. And like I said, a couple of other players in just a second. All right, so Panarin, uh, during his exit interviews, by all accounts, was not his you know usual upbeat, jovial self. And I mean, you could say that again for a lot of the players um, during these exit interviews. Like I said, that the mood was just really down this year uh, compared to what it was last year during the exit interviews. And once again, I think very understandably so. But with Panarin kind of being downtrodden, very easy to see why. Just had a, a really rough time in the playoffs. Could not get anything going. Too many turnovers. Uh, he had. A secondary assist on each of the Rangers' first two goals in the playoffs, both in the first period of Game 1 against the Devils, did not get on the score sheet again after that. And this is what he had to say about his playoff performance. I get frustrated too early, and then after that, it snowballs. I just try to play so much better than last year, and it go the other way somehow. And um, I think it's also important to, to just remind everybody that English is not Panarin's first language. I mean, he, he does a great job with it, and, um, you know, he, he does talk to the media and, and, and faces the music and everything. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I'm, people probably are aware of that, but just wanted to point that out. Um, and, you know, with Panarin, you know, I, I do feel for him. I, I get the feeling he's probably taking this really hard. He probably feels really responsible. I mean, look, this was a seven-game series despite— you know, the most talented player on the New York Rangers not really being able to do anything, not really being able to get anything going. So if Artemi Panarin was playing at his best or at least near his best or at least like good, you know, it's possible that that's enough to tip the scales in the balance or in the in the, uh, in the the favor of the New York Rangers. And maybe they're still playing uh, against the Canes right now. But woulda, coulda, shoulda, it didn't happen. The Devils won fair and square. And um, like I said in a recent episode, there's a lot of blame to go around. And obviously Panarin gets some of it and... You know, he's he's um he's wearing it right now. You know, he's he's facing the music, as I said. And something else we should all keep in mind here, Panarin was rough in the playoffs, did not have a good playoff run. Doesn't mean he's a terrible human being, doesn't mean he should be um just vindicated by Ranger fans and and you know, be subject to vulgarities and insults and all these other things. 
You know, I'm sure he was out there. I'm sure he, he feels responsible for the Rangers going out early and uh, by all accounts, a really good guy away from the ice. So again, I do feel bad for Panarin. And if he's back next year, which I think he will be uh, for all the reasons that we've talked about, you know, the high cap hit, nobody's going to want to absorb that cap hit. The fact that he has the no move clause, uh, I do think he'll be back next year. It's at least possible. And, you know, we'll see because he hasn't really got it done in the playoffs this year with the Rangers. But hey, Who's to say that a redemption story for Artemi Panarin next year in the postseason is completely impossible? We've seen much crazier things than one of the most talented players in hockey playing like one of the most talented players in hockey in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Like I said, it's going to be very, very interesting to see uh, what happens with Panarin this offseason. But with all that said, I, I do think it's fair to critique his playoff performance. Um Rough playoff showing, no other way to say it. Uh, this is what he had to say about um, you know, about his playoff performance. Another quote from Artemi Panarin here. Honestly, last playoff, I turn over like every puck. This year, I don't do that. Not that bad. I don't want to say excuses. Like, it's mental, and I feel terrible in playoffs. Every game, I come in excited. I try again and again and again, and it not work, not work, not work. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like uh, Panarin, kind of like a lot of us, just, just kind of searching for for answers right now. And I do think it's important to note that success in the playoffs is not a foreign concept to Artemi Panarin. He's had some good showings in the playoffs uh, in the past, both with Chicago and both with Columbus. I know for Ranger fans, that's not going to really make you feel a whole lot better, you know, things he did years ago with other teams, but it at least proves that he is capable of doing it. Uh, Panarin, when Columbus had that massive upset over Tampa Bay, sweeping them out of the playoffs in the first round five years ago, six years ago, whenever that was, uh, whatever it is at this point, uh, Panarin was a menace. You know, they, they had no answer for him, and he pretty much took over the series. So it, it's something that he's got in him. But you know, again, it was a rough showing this year. Even last year, obviously, Panarin was not at the top of his game. But as I mentioned in the past, 16 points in 20 games, he had a hand in 16 of the Rangers' goals. And that was a team that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's not like it's always been a complete disaster. This season was. But uh, Panarin has done some good things in the playoffs, uh, both with the Rangers last year and with other teams in other years as well. And again, I know there's uh, Ranger fans that are wanting him to be traded. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Panarin wanted to be a New York Ranger. He took less money from the Rangers than he was offered from the New York Islanders. And he's got that new move clause for a reason. And I get the feeling that he fully intends to play out uh, the entirety of his contract with the New York Rangers. Now, I guess it's at least possible if Drury and Panarin sit down and talk and they don't think that he's a fit anymore and Panarin wants to change his scenery. But uh, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Nothing like that's going to happen in the foreseeable future. I get the feeling he's back next season. And I think uh, if he is back, the best thing Ranger fans can do is rally behind their player. You know, it, it doesn't really do you any good because I, I hear I see this stuff about like, oh man, we gotta we gotta boo the hell out of Panarin on opening night next year. Why? Well, what is that gonna do? Do you do you think that's gonna you know help him going forward? I think the best thing Ranger fans can do is like I said, you know, get behind him, let him know he's still your guy, and and you just hope for better results in next year's playoffs. It can't really go much worse for Panarin in the playoffs next year uh, than it went in the playoffs this year. Just got away from him pretty quickly and uh, had that really nice showing in game one. I thought he was looking like he was going to have a big playoff run for the Rangers and obviously uh, just never really materialized. Uh, the other reason why, in addition to the cap hit and the no-move clause, I don't think a trade for Panarin will happen is opposing GMs right now, they watched him in the playoffs too. And I don't think Artemi Panarin's value has ever been lower as far as trades are concerned, than it is right now, coming off of such a rough playoff showing. You know, we don't want the Rangers to 
try to trade players when their value is at an all-time low. That's that's what we call the Brian Cashman special. Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, he waits until, you know, a promising player struggles and struggles and struggles and struggles, and then he trades them away for absolutely nothing. I don't want to see that happening with the Rangers. I saw people saying, I'll just trade away Panarin as a cap dump. Really? I mean, this guy's a top 10 player in the league easy when he's going right. I, I don't think you should be moving on for from Artemi Panarin uh, just as a cap dump move. I mean, it, a trade could happen, but... If I'm going to bet on it, I'd say he's back with the New York Rangers uh, next season. Wanted to go ahead and uh, quickly go through a couple of other players who had some you know interesting things to say um, on exit interview day before we uh, call it a day here on Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, Lexi Lafreniere pending RFA for the Rangers, uh, as we had to say about it. I work with my agent. Obviously, I want to be back here, so hopefully we get something done soon. He also said it's tough to lose like that, especially when I feel like I could have done a lot better. And, uh, you know, Lafreniere did go on to say that they would get back next year and hopefully be better. So the fact that he was talking, you know, you know, talking about the Rangers, uh, when he said they, I said they, when he said it, he said we, you know, hopefully we'll be back next year and hopefully we'll be better. Um, so that sounds like somebody that definitely wants to be back and definitely expects to be back. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Nico Mikola, unrestricted free agent, came over um, at the deadline along with Tarasenko. Uh, you know, he was asked about it. All the impending free agents are going to be asked this question. And once again, Mikola doing what a lot of the impending uh, free agents do, he said, We'll see what happens. Jury is probably going to talk with my agent. I love my time here, and we'll see. So Mikola keeping it pretty vague. I don't think he'll be back either because, you know, again, he only made $1.9 million this past season. He's probably in line for at least a little bit of a raise. And if that happens, you know, now you're you're paying a decent amount of money for a guy that's going to be your sixth defenseman at best. The Rangers still have a couple of young defensemen that maybe they'd like to see take the bull by the horns and step in there as a 6D man next season. So I don't see Mikola being back. I thought he did a decent job with the Rangers, but if I had to bet, I think he's probably somewhere else next season. I think of all the free agents, if any of them is going to be back as far as the UFAs are concerned, uh, it's probably Tyler Mott. And um, I thought he was the most likely to come back last year. And then, of course, nobody came back last year. Um, but Ma is a pending UFA. And he said he was asked about possibly coming back to the Rangers next year. Absolutely. I was comfortable the second time around for sure. I love the city. Love this group. You never know who's going to be back in the locker room at the beginning of each year. But this is one that I love to be a part of and love to be in. There's a lot of core guys that you take two runs at it with and you'd love to do it again. And this is interesting because last year when Mott was asked about this, again, all the free agents are always asked this question, and he kind of, you know, kept his cards pretty close to the vest. I mean, he expressed some, um, you know, interest in coming back, but uh, he wasn't exactly, like, like super enthusiastic about it. And this year he was. I think of everybody that was asked this question, he sounded like he was the one that was uh, most intrigued by, most excited by the idea of being back with the New York Rangers uh, for this upcoming season. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And as far as Mott goes and his salary, he's coming off a one-year deal that paid him just $1.35 million per season. He is a UFA. I would imagine Mott's probably looking for a multi-year deal. He's not going to break the bank or anything like that. Um, if, if it's a reasonable cost and the Rangers feel like they can get him in under the cap, then uh, I, I think they'll probably look to do that. Again, $1.35 million, I mean, can you get him for like $1.6, $1.7 million on a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal? If the Rangers can pull that off, then uh, I think it can happen because I, I do believe there's mutual interest there. You know, I don't think the Rangers are going to go out and trade for this guy two years in a row if they don't like him. And with Tyler Mott... I mean, again, taking him at face value here with his comments and, and the fact that, again, he was more enthusiastic and more excited about the idea of sticking around with the Rangers than anybody else that I saw ask this question. That includes uh, Kane, Mikola, and Tarasenko. 
And that's, you know, something that I think needs to be taken into consideration. When you're looking at, you know, the most likely UFA to remain with the Rangers, I would say as of right now, it probably is Tyler Mott. And I would love to have him back. But again, I, I think the price has to be right. You can't be in a situation where you lose one of the pillars of your franchise because you're paying a little bit too much money to somebody like Tyler Mott. That's nothing against Tyler Mott. That's just the reality of the situation. Mott's a really good player. But his ceiling is as a, you know, really good, really strong uh, defensive forward in the bottom six. I don't think anybody's looking to, to build their team around Tyler Mott. And I, I say that with all the respect in the world because he's one of my favorite players in the Rangers. I said last year that if the Rangers found a way to re-sign Tyler Mott, that that would be my next jersey uh, for the team. I wanted to see how that shook out. And of course, they didn't re-sign him. They trade for him again at this year's trade deadline. And if he's back on you know a multi-year deal, then uh, yeah, I might have to order myself uh, a Tyler Mott jersey uh, going forward. But um, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today. Like I said, just want to uh, wrap up the exit interview day here and uh, talk about all the, you know, the, the things that come out of it and what the players were saying and uh, who's going to be back, who won't be back the whole nine yards. Like I said, though, next week, we're going to uh, focus in on some free agents. Going to try to line up some guests for you guys as well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Locked On New York Rangers is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.